Nobody questions things in this country anymore. Nobody wants to rock the boat. It's all bullshit, folks. It's all bullshit, and it's bad for you. But we believe them because they're pounded into our heads from the time we're children. Children should be taught to question everything, to question everything they read, everything they hear. Welcome to Question Culture with Brian and Lornette. On each episode, Lornette and I discuss and question conventional wisdom about a topic we believe is important. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Q Culture. That's Q-U-E-C-U-L-T-U-R-E. There we share the links to the documentaries, articles, and books we reference on each episode. On today's episode, we will be questioning the manosphere. How's it going, Lornette? Hey, Brian. Uh, hello to all our listeners. Um, I know it's been a while since we dropped a podcast, so um, we got more coming soon. So check us out. Uh, Lornette Vestal, he, him, bad motherfucker, because I know you uh, conservatives out there hate pronouns despite the English language using them since there's been an English language um, <laughs> like Shakespeare. But you can check me out on Twitter at Evolving Man LVV before they ban me or Twitter or X or whatever fucking Elon Musk is calling it this week. Um, you can check me out on the Book of Faces um, at Lornette Vestal, my public Facebook page, and you can uh, get episodes, updates about question culture and other uh, updates too from my um, Facebook page. Last but not least, check out the um, Evolving Man podcast where I deep dive into some of the topics we discuss here on Question Culture. And last but not least, uh, you can check out the my book series, um, the Faders and Alpha series, what I wrote with my lovely wife, Bernita Haynes. Um, we both books are out, even the Faders and I and the Alphas. You can get them anywhere books are sold, print on demand, the great Satan Amazon, um, Powell's Books, Indie, Indiegogo, not like Indiegogo, but um, Bookgram, Bookspark, uh, Ingram Spark. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm messing things up. Anyway, I'm messing up the pitch. Check it out. Even the faders, I and Alphas, at bookstore near you. All right, Brian. Today we're talking about the manosphere. Uh, and yeah, kind of. Go ahead. All right, go ahead. Yeah, the, the manosphere. I'm just gonna say the manosphere is a conglomeration of things. It is. Um, it's basically the podcasts, YouTubers influencers um, basically any type of these guys these men on the internet who decided to become we're going to be the leader of men but in their leader of men they kind of um you know they they, they kind of pass themselves as the the real men the alpha males all that bullshit and, and they're you know the jordan petersons of the world andrew tates of the world and they're like we're bringing back you know old school old-fashioned manhood which is like bullshit because you know life is all about change and, and manhood has changed a lot um, over this millennia. So, but but one thing they all have in common is usually some homophobia, misogyny, and, and good old fashioned sexism rooted in their in their assessment of what's wrong with men today. But they prey on um, um, men and young boys who are looking for, I guess, leadership or, or father figure or, or authority figure in their life to. Tell it like it is and, and be like, all your problems are because of this and this and this. And then really the sad thing about these folks is they have all this big influence. And, you know, we'll get into it like we always do in our Crescent Culture podcast. It's a reflection of our society uh, failing individuals, not just men, but women and, and people across the board um, in the United States today. So when Biden goes on the TV and says Bidenomics, he's really talking about Reaganomics. But there's always been a charlatan to be like, hey, your problems are because of this. You know, you don't have a Bentley coupe because, like, you know, the girls out there want the chads. And, like, you know, I could teach you how to be a chad. 
all you got to do is be a, you know, alpha male, a high value man. And you need to put on a suit and, and get a fancy car and like, you know, f- fuck a million girls and then you'll be the man. Yeah, I kind of see this episode. I don't know. It's like the other side of podcasting from what I consider this episode to be like. It's the upside down world <laughs> compared to this podcast. If you're into Stranger Things or like the bizarro world, if you're into comic books, because I mean, two guys having a podcast or a couple men having a podcast at this point is basically like a stereotype. And yes, I we, always... Yes, we are stereotypes, Brian. <laughs> yeah. And then, we, and then we, we, I, we, we, if we were cops and we were, you know, you were white and I'm black and we were cops and had a podcast, we would feel so many American cliches right now. <laughs> Too bad we're not. Well, <laughs> well, fuck 12, so we're not cops. So don't worry. It could be a sitcom back in the day. Yeah. But, you know, I, I like to think that we're a little different than all those podcasts. I, I, I you know, our part, our podcast is kind of centered around being anti-capitalist and questioning the system and kind of progressing society where I see a lot of these male centric podcasts are for one, very pro capitalist. And for two are kind of, I think a backlash to the, you know, in, in a lot of ways, gender identity, masculinity, people's roles in society, all that is changing very, very rapidly nowadays. And I kind of see a lot of the people that we're going to discuss on this episode. I, I kind of see that as like a backlash to it where they're they're upset how things are changing. They don't know who they are or their role in society. So they kind of are craving for this old time when, you know, men ran everything and, and they were strong and women were obedient and all that kind of bullshit. Yeah, and, and a funny thing, Brian, about those times, like they never, any time in American history or just in history in general, they never really, they never, that time period never existed. <laughs> and if they did, you know, they had to use all these different laws and, and, and tools of oppression to keep, you know, have the population down. So let's kind of get into like the origins of the men's, um, Mental spirit and it, the origins is really out of the men's rights movement, men's rights movement, um, and the mental spirit <laughs> is just to update, update, updated that version. Phase just makes me that phrase. Oh, just isn't makes it me like that. men's rights? I'm like, um, look here. Like, first off, in the United States, if you're a, some of these folks in this mental spirit are are wealthy white guys, and I'm like, since the beginning of the United States, you were the ones with all the rights, land owning wealthy white men. Like, it's written into the fucking Constitution. That's, you can go back and listen to our history podcast because we break that down. Um, so I was like, "What are you? What rights are you talking about? What rights have been taken to you?" Well, the women are getting equality, and the, and the color people are getting equality, and the gay people are getting equality. So I'm being oppressed. It's like, no, you just you can't go around beating your wife and like having lynch parties. Oppression. <laughs> <laughs> what is that phrase? There's some phrase that like. Uh... One group's progress is another group's oppression, perceived oppression. No, not no, nah, nah, there's something about that. Um, if you've been uh, something about not spoiled is the wrong word, but if you've been kind of catered to your whole life when things are finally you know becoming equal, you like view that as oppression when really it's just equality. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. So, uh, kind of, I'm gonna read off some things, so bear with us, um, listeners. It's not gonna be jokey, joke, 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 but um. Uh, rooted in the ni- early 1970s and established the, alongside the women's liberation movement, the origin of the men's rights movement, the men's liberation movement, was initially an ally of feminism with shared acknowledgement of the damage incurred by both men and women from rigidly enforced sex roles. 
it was recognized that not only was sexism harmful to women, but men also suffered as a result of strictly enforced gender expectations um, around masculinity resulting from patriarchy. Um, as psychologist Jack Sawyer in the 1970s stated, male liberation calls for men to free themselves from sex roles, stereotypes that limit their ability to be human. Stereotypes include how men relate to women, questions of power, dominance in public and private life, and the ability to fully express their emotions. Uh, men rights activists are also driven uh, by anger and want to affect change, namely the return of traditional values. So what Brian was talking about earlier, uh, where women were subordinate to men, women need to be put back in their place. And to do so, the abuse of women, particularly feminists, is encouraged. Despite what its names may imply, uh, men rights movement members, um, the men rights movement members weaponizes homophobia, homophobia in order to solidify their heterosexuality in a space that rejects women. And they use online harassment to police the borders of hegemonic and toxic masculinity. So the irony of these, you know, has you evolved from the men's rights movements, which, you know, kind of took root in the 1970s and the 80s. And it's kind of an oxymoron because it's like men's rights. I'm like, mm, we, we pretty much has a guy. We all have male like privilege. And I know like the if you're a conservative, listen to this or a libertarian, you're like, we're male privilege. Men work hard. We do the hardest jobs. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, yes. And those men who work in those dangerous jobs are getting paid pennies by rich asshole men who don't pay them enough. So if we lived in a fair society, everybody would be paid their worth at their job and they could be able to survive off their jobs, even the dangerous jobs. Because don't you know those people like clean the windows on those skyscrapers and shit? I think they make like... 15 or 20 dollars an hour at the most and maybe some of them make like a hundred dollars an hour but are you fucking serious like you're on a skyscraper cleaning the window and you're like a hundred stories up in the air and if you fall even if that rope breaks that hang you hanging on to you're gonna die <laughs> not gonna have broken bones you're gonna die so i'm like those people are getting exploited you're exploited workers even having a harness, like, that was, like, a very, like, recent thing. Like, back in the day, they would just be running around up there on those skyscrapers with, like, Fuck nothing. Yeah, like, and, like, and like pretty much, like, every skyscraper project, there'd be, like, people that would die because there was, like, no safety whatsoever. Exactly. They were walking on those steel beams and shit. And it was just, like, and I know that there are some guys out there, like, yeah, this the men's rights movement. They always, like, you'll see that on Twitter. Like, these are the real men doing this real work. And I'm, like, they were exploited workers who had no choice to do that because they had to feed themselves and their families. So this isn't about you know, real men and real not men. They were being exploited by rich men. So those men were being exploited by other men. So when you talk about men's rights, it's not women that are fucking you over. It's other men. So, so that's the irony. But uh, let's talk it's about. Very, oh, it's very ahead. like, it's like very frustrating to how, I don't know, this just idea of what like a man and woman should be. Like, why do these people want to put themselves in a box of like, humans are infinitely different like we're all so unique and we can all do different things and want to do different things so like i just don't understand i mean i remember like growing up there were things that were like you know quote like men were into that i wasn't into like i wasn't into cars i wasn't really into like fighting like boxing and ufc and like that type shit and i mean when i got i guess i was a little bit when i was younger like wrestling and boxing and stuff but like as i got older i just like really wasn't into it and it like kind of bothered me that like that was like what was expected out of me so it's just so weird to me that these dudes they they like want to put themselves in a box and like want to take this like in, infinite options that we have and and narrow it down it's just so weird and stupid to me well it's very limiting and very kind of putting 
is men policing other men about how they should be and put them in a box. And and it's not just, you know, other men. It's, it's our whole entire society because I'm pretty sure, you know, our, our podcast, I, I'm assuming just because it's two guys doing a podcast, most of our listeners or a good portion, a good portion of our listeners, according to our data on, on our, on, on um, has we look it up, are, are mostly uh, men. Um, so I'm pretty sure that there's been a time in your life where like, either you would call me a kid or a little bit older or as a, a grown adult man and you might cry for some reason maybe you watched a movie that moved you maybe your fucking dog died maybe a family member died and or when you're a kid and you fail and hurt yourself and you're crying because that's what little kids do and like if it's a little boy that does that you know a little girl is like soothing oh poor baby but a little boy is like even as three years old they're like oh man up and it's like it's a three-year-old baby like they're three years old they don't have a concept of gender really they're just like existing at that age and and you're like oh you need to man up so they you learn really quickly as a, a little boy what boys are supposed to do and what girls are supposed to do and it's really weird that like we enforce this upon um little boys and then they grow up to be men who can't express their emotions because if they do they'll be perceived as a, a not a weak or like a pansy and i was even shot i went down a reddit thread and it was um the question was like what's the most challenging thing about being a man and one one guy posted uh male patent baldness which i agree because it's bullshit but you know i guess i guess that's the price <laughs> of patriarchy <laughs> we, we lose our hair i wouldn't know yeah well lucky you brian uh that's why i got a beard so if I, if I couldn't grow a beard and it was bald i'm like and losing my hair i'd be fucking this is like this is bullshit bad enough i'm short I'm like come on now Give me something. Give me something to work with society. Because <laughs> obviously the only men that are value apparently in our society is like tall men. You got to be six feet. So good for you, Brian, being six feet. Well, well I, I can't grow the beard. So, you know. But you're six feet. When, so when there you go. Some. So there you go. You're good. You're yeah. a real man. I me, mean, I'm 5'7". So I'm not a real man. <laughs> I'm a fucking dwarf. <laughs> well, well, that's the other thing kind of about this too is like we grew up in this society with such these rigid gender roles. And then like people are surprised when there's like trans people. It's like, yeah, are you really surprised that there's some people who want to break out of these rigid gender roles? And then of course you always have the group, the class of people that, that they don't, they see these gen, like rigid gender roles, not as a social construct, but as that's just how it is. That's just like, that, like it's in our genetics that like boys like the color blue and girls like pink or something, you know? Yeah, like, and it's such bullshit. Cause if you look at like the founding fathers of this country and I, I just call them the slave masters, but anyway, those motherfuckers were wearing high heels and powdered wigs and shit like that and makeup. So it's like pink they, suits. Yeah. No, there were manly men at that time in the 1700s. They were fucking wearing ruffles. They were dressing like fucking Prince did in the eighties. <laughs> and the funny thing about yeah, Prince is like yeah, yeah, Prince is like yeah. Prince was like a sex symbol like to the time of his death and he fucking dressed like a fucking pirate and like and he was short but women loved him I had like I had a whole boss who was like probably like six feet I mean she had, when she wore heels she was at least 5'11 or something and she fucking was so excited to go to the Prince concert I mean and women love Prince and, and it's like in reality it was like was Prince even straight like I'm pretty sure he liked everything, especially in the 80s when he was doing all the cocaine. But apparently, like, in his later life, once he became a Jehovah's Witness, he's kind of homophobic. And it's like, Prince, like, you were the one a musical artist as a guy in the 80s, but, like, a lot of the guys in the 80s. were like, kind of gender-bending motherfuckers. I mean, you're like, but you're homophobic? Like, but what? It makes no sense. It's, it's just, but that's not like reality. It's always stranger than fiction. Religious people being homophobic, old, reliable. Yep, yep, yep. 
but these um these um uh, men mental spear and these uh influencers on 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 social media and, and youtube i mean they fostered this idea of the prototypical alpha male and uh the mental spear appeals to you know the audience because it does in one way the reason why they get so many listens is because it does talk about the real lives of young men uh, with the under uh, above factors that matter to get, you know guys, especially as society tells us, it should matter to us. Uh, romantic rejection, alienation, economic failure, um, loneliness, and a dim vision of the future. So they're preying on the failures of society. Um, how the society is failing a lot of young men. It's failing a lot of young women too. Um, if you're poor, you're kind of fucked in this country. It's just that simple. Um, but these folks come along, and like the P.T. Barnum said, if he did say this, a sucker born every minute. And they exploit. It's just like someone like Donald Trump. You know, people are like, oh, he won because of economic anxiety. But people like Donald Trump are the reason why that economic anxiety exists. Like his rich friends have robbed the treasury. They got all the bailouts. Their tax money went to their bailouts and to fund their wars so they can get more money and to, to steal more resources from poor brown people. And then send your kids over there to go kill those poor brown people for those resources. Why you have nothing when you come back home. But, you know, you can wave your flag and be like USA. I think con men, whether it be Trump or these, you know, guys in this manosphere, they they always they provide simple solution to complex complex problems, and then they also they give they give you know red meat. They give they give someone for people to blame. So in the case of this manosphere stuff, it's society's you know it's it's women's fault. It's it's that you know the changing it's it's the liberals who are changing you know what a man is it's there's always you know some group that you can place blame on and then it's always you know these simple solution i mean as we're going to get into kind of the reason why there's so i mean that's kind of why we wanted to do this episode was it's just like crazy how like i don't listen to any of these dudes but they are so popular like oh, you look at their podcasts and stuff and they have like are. millions of listens and stuff and yeah and they have like crazy. millions of followers on social media and like you know has a black dude um you know there's a comedian i like i think he's very talented jay farrell but him and dave Chappelle are like two black guy comedians and they go on and on about how like it's some evil curse in hollywood that's like, you know, forcing black men to dress up in drag and pray women because that makes them. See, and that's like to, you know, to, to, you know, the gay agenda, like, you know, turn black men gay. And it's like, what? That's that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Fucking Robin Williams. Is that most, just because of Tyler Perry? They're saying that. I know. I think it's, they believe that. But it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you think about fucking some of the most famous comedic actors in movies and TV film, like they all dressed up in drag for like com- com- comedic comedy sakes. You had fucking Mrs. Doubtfire. You had, you know, um, fucking Jamie Foxx played this lady named Wanda on uh, Living Color Show. Uh, fucking Martin, Big Mama's House, one of his most popular movie franchises. Eddie Murphy, the fucking nutty professor. He, like, played the mama, the, the, the grandma, and fucking and Norbit, the same thing. And, like, Eddie Murphy's one of the most famous and successful comedians of all time. And this motherfucker got, you know, back in the day, I, I was a fan of, I only liked the Spice Girls because I thought Scary Spice was fucking hot as shit. And ba- Eddie Murphy is, his, is her baby daddy. And Eddie Murphy, when he knocked her up, was like, that ain't my baby. So I'm like, Eddie Murphy's fuck buddy and his dip dip off was my fucking, was fucking Scary Spice. My childhood dream girl. So that's how much fucking tail Eddie Murphy got. It's like, that ain't my baby. You know how I would be if I fucking was, the Lord hit me, got Scary Spice pregnant back in the day. I was like, shit, that is my baby. Gotcha. <laughs> Not forever. But Eddie Murphy had so much poontang. <laughs> And he's just like, no, I'm good. That ain't my baby. I don't know what you're talking about. He basically did the shaggy. It wasn't me. 
But Eddie, we, we <laughs> fucked. I remember you, you hollered at me. And we were in a hotel and everything. Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Scary Spice. So it's really ridiculous that Jay Farrell, because you'll see interviews of him. He's like, they're going to put me in a dress. They're going to put me in a dress. Oh, my God. Like, why are you so stressed out about this imaginary fear? And like, don't do it. You're an actor. But it's called acting. You're playing make-believe. So it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But that's one thing. So let's talk about some of these media and social media and YouTube figures. So you have someone, the brother, Tariq Nasheed, King Hotep. You have the um, psychologist or the pseudo-psychologist, the ad host, Jordan Peterson. Uh, Kevin Samuels, who died. Uh, he was a so-called high-value man. And this man died, you know, um, of a heart attack, having sex with, like, a, a sex worker who was half his age um, in an apartment. So I'm like, oh, you're Mr. High-Value Man. Why don't you have a nice big house? <laughs> and why are you dying of a heart attack? Because then you sit there on your whole podcast for years and talk about, like, you know what the problem is in our black community? Baby mamas and fat black women. But you're having a heart attack. So I was your ass wasn't in good shape yourself because he was only like 50-something when he died. And then the most famous one of them all is a brother named Andrew Tate uh, who, oh, God. He has a thing called the Hustlers University, and this is how he built his name up. He would have his fans promote his himself. They would, they would not... They would buy to his Hustlers University to get his like training course, but it was all in promotion of Andrew Tate. So it wasn't like to build these other men up. It was just to build Andrew Tate up. So it wasn't in a situation where like a Ponzi scheme, it was definitely a Ponzi scheme, but it wasn't like, oh, you're getting something out of it. They weren't getting anything out of it, but just putting his name out there. So that's how they got the algorithms on, on TikTok to like, you know, pump up his views to the point where like the motherfuckers amassed like 11 billion views on TikTok alone. And if you go on Twitter, he has millions of followers. I'm pretty sure on TikTok he has millions of followers. He's been banned from these things and talk about he's being oppressed. But he was trafficking women. Like, he's a fucking piece of shit scumbag. Um, but he was getting it. And he was reaching out to, like, fucking young kids, like little boys. Because he was all like, you know, men need to be this way. You got to be the alpha male. I, I, I can beat up people. I'm a fighter. And I, I got guns. And I got cars. And, I, and you know what's the funny thing? He got taken down by Greta Thunberg, the, the 18-year-old climate activist. Because his dumb ass is going to put a video trying to, you know, talk shit about her. The 18-year-old, he's a grown-ass man. He's like 36 or 37 or 38 years old. He's a grown-ass fucking man. And you're beefing with the 18... You know, she was like 17 at the time. Or 17 or... 16 or 17. And you're beefing with a teenage girl on, online. What a real man you are. And he got himself caught because the police saw the pizza hat that he had was from a Romanian, local Romanian. They found a town where the pizza was delivered at. He's eating pizza in a robe with his in a robe with his shirt off. I don't know why, because I guess that's what Midley men do, smoking a cigar. And the cops found him. So you got your whole little shicey empire destroyed because you're a fucking moron and you're beefing with a teenager online. Has a grown ass man. Almost forty year old man. That'd be like if I was beefing with some like teenager on online. People would look at me like, What the fuck is wrong with you, man? You're a grown ass adult man. Don't you have more important things to worry about, like bills and shit? <laughs> and you're like, don't you have like a wife and a family and shit? Go fucking go go work and shut the fuck up. That's what it is like. Yeah, I I can tell these these dudes are definitely pr- pr- like prying on young men who don't know any better, because they like they all end up being fucked up as fuck. Like Andrew Tate was like a human trafficker, and he was kind of a weird example too, because early on he was he was kind of like the flat earther of like men, because early on people like looked at him as a joke. Like, I remember, because he, he kind of first got famous for being, like, super misogynistic, and people, and, like, people on podcasts would, like, make fun of him and, like, show his videos and be like, hey, look at this crazy guy, 
But then he like picked up steam and like actually got popular. And of course, now he got busted for human trafficking. And then you have like Jordan Peterson, who's Mr. Like, clean up your room and, and that type stuff. And then he fucking is like a benzo addict who like, I don't know, he's just a fucking weird dude. Like I remember for a while. Is he, he like, like obsessed eat, with like, his daughter or some shit like that? I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, I know he's like, he, he, I know he was addicted to benzos and then his like solution to get healthier was like he was going to eat nothing but meat. And he's always like, him I don't understand either because like he's always like breaking down and like crying over like weird shit on his videos and stuff. So he's like such a, I mean, and he, he became famous. He was a psychologist in Canada and I forgot exactly what the, the college was passing some new rule pertaining to trans students. And so, like, he resisted it. Um, and then that's kind of, like, what propelled him into, like, conservative. And that's what's, like, ultimately why I hate these figures so much is because they they hook in young men by having decently solid advice. You know, you have these, like, rudderless young men who maybe didn't have a dad or a father figure in their life. So they're kind of wandering around, you know, they want girls to like them, you know, like a typical 13 year old boy would. And so they draw them in by saying like, Hey, maybe you should eat well. And maybe you should go to the gym and clean up your room and you know, basic stuff that that we should learn uh, growing up. But then they're all so reactionary and right wing. And, And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Jordan Peterson now works for what is it? What's Ben Shapiro's company? Is that like the Daily Wire or whatever Something the fuck like it's that. called? And then like Andrew Tate was like a choose Trumper. Um, right, right, right. And so like, she be- was the one of the guys like I'm socially liberal, but I'm fiscally conservative, which means he's just a libertarian. Um, and Kevin Sane was Mr. High Value Male, High Value Woman, and you're not a high value woman, blah blah blah. And the reason why you know. Um, Black women are single because, like, they, you know, they're all fat and also that they, 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 they have high expectations. But, you know, the problem is, man, you need to need to wear a suit and, like, you know, you then you'll become a high value man. I'm like, what the fuck? That and it, like they're putting value on people, like, basically for what they have because they always like are so reactionary and it's all about materialism too. You need to have a big house. You need to have fancy cars. You know, Andrew Tate always talked about his cars and his mansions and all the women he had around him and all this stuff. I'm sure many of those women he paid to be around them because, or like he, he fucking captured them because obviously he was human trafficking. So they, they had no, they were fucking forced to be there. They weren't like they were there under their own volition, you know, um, their own will, free will. So um, that's the thing. They promote this very reactionary uh, way of life. Like you were saying, uh, Brian, very moving, basically moving these young men, and, and I'm not going to sit there and say, like, Kevin Sane was that guy um, when he was alive. Um, I have a friend. Uh, she's a fairly attractive woman. Um, she's older. Uh, um, and so her boyfriend, her partner, is, like, in his 50s. But she would tell me, like, at least this is, like, up to last year. She's like, he spent hours watching Kevin Samuels. Like, how basically how, like, maybe on a Saturday if I have nothing to do, I play PlayStation 5. And I know some people are like, this is wasting time. But what the fuck ever. <laughs> you got to enjoy yourself. You don't have one life to live. Um. But he would spend hours watching this Kevin Samuels guy. And this guy's like pretty shitty. Like, if you really listen to him. I'm like, and every, like, and, and the thing is, these guys, like, they'll throw some, some solid advice in there every now and every tidbit. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. So that's how they would do. But you're like, oh, yeah, I get you. I get you. And then, then you start hearing them more and they're like, and the problem is gay people. They're like, what the fuck? It's a feminist. It's like, what? You should be like Donald Trump. They're, they're basically funneling young men into like right-wing ideology and i do kind of see that as 
something, you know, because the left tends to be like, so like, you know, do whatever you want and stuff. But there are a lot of a lot of people in general, but men especially that early in life, you know, they didn't have a good foundation. So they are kind of lost and do kind of need structure. And oftentimes it's only right-wing figures or the military, which is also a very right-wing institution, yep. that offer that must-needed structure. And I kind of think that's what I liked about the Black Panthers and why they thought they were successful because they did provide structure to a lot of you know young people that didn't have it, but they had it with left-wing ideology. And the government was like, no, no to that. Let's kill them. Right, 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 right. We need we need those bodies for the military. <laughs> exactly. And you fuck your liberation. Um, so let's kind of talk about some of the reasons why, um, you know, not only just young men, but men my age, men older than me, um, little boys, uh, teenage boys, fall for these um, fuckers like Andrew Tate and the Jordan Petersons and Kevin Samuels of the world. Um, and those are just to name a few. There's, there's tons of these fuckers uh, out there in the podcast world and the YouTube world and influencer world out there promoting their 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 reactionary ideas. Because I remember one podcast, there's this guy, I guess they were trying to shame this one like video girl and like, you're this and that. And it's like this dude kind of like, I'm like, this is a goofy looking dude. And I'm like, you're just mad because you know, if you weren't like this well-known podcaster, this lady, if you talked to her, wouldn't give you the time of day. Uh, because one, you're an asshole. That's the biggest thing. And like two, you kind of like look kind of goofy and like come on now you just look like a you look like a, a fucking moron up here and now you you know you got this you know bit of clout and you're gonna like shit shit on this lady and for like reasons that were really not solid at all just like she just had standards for her her boo that she broke up with like he did a bad thing it was abusive and they were like you should stay with her you should stay with your abusive boyfriend i'm like you should stay that's wrong like people just don't stay it out i'm like he was physically abusing her, like attacking her. Like, no, don't fucking stay and work that shit out. Even if you have kids, get away because eventually it's going to escalate. But they were like, no, you should stay with him. What's wrong with you? It's just like, and they're giving like tons of terrible advice. So they might have a tidbit of truth every blue moon, but most of the advice they give are horrible. Like if you're in an abusive relationship and you can get away from that person, man, woman, gay, straight relationship, no matter what, leave that person. And if you can't get away, do get away and uh, seek help if you can so that's we'll never give that advice on our podcast, um, but these people on this man of spirit do do that. But uh, one thing is the mental health uh, crisis in our country. Um, every time there's a mass shooting, you see these corrupt ass politicians. We need to take care of mental health. You know what will help to help get people access to mental health? Free college because more people can go to college and become social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists. Oh, and also universal health care because then. Anybody, no matter what their class background, can afford it because you know how much it costs to talk to a counselor. You know, nowadays it's like a hundred dollars an hour, shit like that. And most people, the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage, is seven dollars and fifty cents an hour. So if you're working class or poor, you don't have enough money to go talk to a counselor if you're dealing with a mental health crisis or to like to pay for medicine if you have um, a serious mental health condition. I guess I'm in favor of breaking down gender roles and just letting people do what they want. And I think in the psychology field, this is kind of a good example. I was watching an interesting video um, where a guy was talking about, it was like a, a guy's, uh, it was, he was a straight white dude and he was talking about getting help, um, you know, going to therapy and things. And the psychology industry is a very female dominated industry. 
and it's very not very but it also has a high focus on helping lgbtq people as it should because you know historically um that you know they're the people that need it since the society's so homophobic but we are in this situation where Lurnette's right. For one, most men, you know, we don't have universal health care, so we can't afford to go to therapy. And even people who do, when when you're having problems with your life, you kind of want to feel like the person you're talking to it, you can relate to you. But there's not a lot of male straight men that, you know, straight men can go to for therapy and kind of connect with and, and kind of get their perspective on. And, you know, I, I think that's needed because, like, if you were you know, a gay black woman, would you want to go talk about your problems to a straight white dude? Like, probably not. Like when you're when you're reaching out for help, and you feel like no one understands your problems, you want to talk to somebody who you think, you know, can kind of relate to you on that level. So I think in like, in addition to universal health care, they're also, you know, I think it's a good thing to break down gender roles and have more men in the psychology, you know, psychology and social social fields, um, so that we can start helping each other. Yeah, so a couple things about that. So like, um, basically with the passage of title nine um, laws to promote gender equality in education um, there was a 12 point percentage gap in the proportion of bachelor's degrees going to men compared to women um, by 1982 that gap had closed and nobody predicted what would happen next the gap started to widen rapidly in the opposite direction by 2019 the gender gap between bachelor awards was wider 14 points uh, than it had been in 1972 but the other way around uh, we're not saying that I'm not saying that Title IX is to, to blame, but there has been a huge, huge uh, achievement gap between um, young men and young women. Um, young women are going to college uh, at, at higher rates. I think this is another gives cannon fodder to these mental spear types because, like, look at feminism. Look what it's done. Like, you're not, you know, you can't even get these girls and stuff like that because they're all like. But the thing is, more women now have more economic opportunities because they're getting higher education. Um, even though like they're paying you less at these, you know, jobs that require these higher educations and stuff like that, advanced degrees, because we're not unionized like we used to be. Um, but that's you can learn about that on our union show. Um, but women are more economically empowered now. So they're not it's not like the 1950s where they would stay with an abusive relationship because that person was the sole breadwinner and they had no choice but to stay with them. So they have options. And I think that's a great thing. Um, but but the men are, are losing on these options. And I think the problem is, um, obviously, the cost of college and universities nowadays is extremely, extremely high uh, to get into. Uh, you put on a lot of debt. Um, so we could have free universal um, college, which Bernie was talking about. But now he's too busy sucking the teat of um, the decent man, Joe, Joe, Jim Crow, Joe Biden. Um, so that that movement is going. So it's going to have to take regular people just to demand that again. Because uh, we're not even debating that anymore. We're just debating like uh, where we have a shit show or a bigger shit show with the Republicans and Democrats. So that's another thing. I mean, someone who's in the field of social work, when I was in my social work school at University of Chicago back in the day, um, it was like 83% women. So as a straight dude, it was fantastic for me because I was like, I could like talk to all these girls and shit. <laughs> but that's my selfish reason. But also, but the real reason, but what I would also say was sad. Is that, yeah, why are there a lot of guys in these fields? So the guys who do go to college, uh, they go into fields that are usually reserved for men. Uh, business, engineering, um, you know, masculine, you know, you need to be in business school and get your MBA. And, you know, you know, if you want to get an MBA, go ahead. I mean, by all means, you can be accountant or like work in business. What the fuck ever. Um, but um, I think these programs in social work, psychology and psychology, 
and psychiatry um, need to do, and education too, because there's a huge gap um, in uh, education as far as like, uh, and what's weird in education is it's a, it's a, it's a lack of, not a lot of men go into education. And then there's this weird um, thing that people look at, like if a guy was to teach early childhood education or, or pre-K or kindergarten, you know, like, why are you teaching like a bunch of little kids? Are you like a, like a little, are you like a child molester or something like that? Which is like this weird stereotype. Like maybe like they just like can work with kids and they're good with it. And this is what they want to do. So like, we got to get rid of these stereotypes too. And not to say that it's only men that promote these stereotypes, but it's other women that can do that. Cause even women in the profession can be like, then my wants to be a nurse. Like that's kind of like, are you gay or not? They're like, maybe they just like helping people. And this is the way they want to help people. So we need to take these gender lenses off these uh, fields uh, because women are 50% of the population. The other 50% are men. Um, and obviously it, with, with trans individuals and non-binary individuals, those numbers aren't exact, but we're just, you know, basing off the, the baseline, uh, had the population uh, should be represented in all those fields. So like what Brian said, if you want to talk to a counselor, you want to have someone who someone looks like you sometimes. Uh, not all the time. Um, not to say that someone, a woman counselor can't help out a man in a, a mental health crisis and vice versa. Um, there's people who are just really good at their job. But I think these colleges and universities need to do a better job at recruiting um, men to this field, which means increasing pay um, and, and programs um, being enticing these young men. And also we need to um, take off the, the stereotype around these fields being like all oh, the caring fields. And, and women care. And men are so cold and unemotional and logical. So they need to go into like engineering and sciences and stuff like that. Um, we need women in the sciences. We need sciences in, in, in medical field. But we also need men in the, um, in the so-called caring fields like psychology, social work, and uh, psychiatry. I also think big picture, we're kind of running into this issue nowadays where I think it's a lot specifically with white men that the world that we were promised growing up and what was expected out of us is not the world that we've, you know, been given because we kind of at least at, you know, guys my age and older, we still grow up, you know, the, the 90s, 80s, the American empire was, at that time, it was already starting to decline, but it was still portrayed as like this, you know, shining city on a hill. And now in adulthood, we're getting these into these situations, you know, majority of us aren't rich. So now we're, we're becoming adults. We, our jobs are low paying. We have to work super hard there that we're not, you know, we can't buy houses, um, and we were, you know, we were promised the world. We were promised we were the, you know, the, the kings of society. And so I think that the, the gap between what was what we were promised and what was delivered, it causes a lot of anger and resentment in to, or towards the society at whole. And, you know, not to say that it's right that like, oh, okay, we need to start giving everything to white men now, you know, because they're pissed that it didn't. But I think, you know, that psychology of, of what you're expecting out of the world and what happens, I think, leads to a lot of anger and resentment. And that's why you see, I think, a lot of these, there's a lot of bitter, angry dudes out there, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, and then they're getting sucked into these, you know, manosphere and incel communities where, like, they foster that. And then that, that targeted is like, oh, it's women. It's these chats that getting all the women. Mm-hmm. Or, these, or like that one dude, Elliot Roger in University of Santa Barbara, who went on a shooting spree. And there was just one recently in Jacksonville um, where he was targeting black people. And that Andrew uh, Elliot Rogers guy in the University of Santa Barbara a few years ago was targeting, you know, um, people of color as well, because like 
oh, you're supposed to have all these girls and why these, these black people are getting these girls and like these black people are, are taking all the money and like you don't have anything and that's your so they like these 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 online you know spaces that are radicalizing young men are you know projecting their economic anxiety and their lack of opportunity in the society and projecting that to a population uh, scapegoating the population is the reason to blame. It's like really the problem is what we talk about in this podcast all the time. The 1%, the wealthy elite, the corporations, the politicians who serve the corporations, those are the people who are working behind the scenes to fuck you over. And not so much behind the scenes. Like all these, like you can go vote Republican, but Republicans are, you know, fucking you just as much as the Democrats. And I'll say that every day, seven days a week, 24-7, if, if I can. Um, but these uh, online communities project that the real anger that you have at the people with power versus uh, towards other powerless groups. So it's not like black people get free stuff. This is the United States. The only time we ever did got anything for free in this country is when we were working for free as slaves. So uh, <laughs> America doesn't give anything free for black people. And, and also these universal programs that could be, we could have. Um, the reason why we don't have them, I think also is because of that, like racism, because like, well, I don't want the you know color people to have something, so like I'll shoot my I'll shoot myself in the foot despite this other group of people, versus realizing that we're all on a fucking the Titanic in the bottom lower decks and we're sinking while the rich people are getting away, because they have lifeboats and shit like that. I do think not have not having the universal health care is the main driver. I mean, pretty much every time we have. We do an episode on this podcast and we have we talk about a problem in our society. Our one of the solutions is always universal health care. So it's like a fundamental problem with the society. And Lornette's absolutely right. The reason we don't and most other industrialized nations do is because of the racism and how it was able. The powers that be were able to use it to divide us. And it really kind of seems like it's going to be like the downfall of this country because I don't know, just we're getting people are so mentally unwell in this country and so dumbed down and so ignorant and so just don't get the help that they need and are so stressed out from having to work low paying jobs and then not being rewarded in any way. And I I really think it's going to it's, you know, one of the main drivers of the collapse of the society. Oh, yeah. And and speaking of young men, uh, another thing is men are, are lonelier than ever. And at least in the West, especially in the West, like we have less friends, even married men. Like, um, so if you have friends like Brian and I are friends, like we reach out to each other outside the podcast uh, and, and talk about shit. Um, talk to your male friends. Um, if you got friends, like try to and even if you're a guy and you got women friends, like it's OK. Like this whole like women and women can't be friends. That's absolutely bullshit. If someone's cool, you like to hang out with them, hang out with them, um, whether you're in a relationship or single or not, like get with your friends, be with them. Uh, spend time with them. Um, sometimes your friends can be become like family. So um, suicide rates have risen risen significantly, especially in men, um, over the last decade. Um, you know, we're facing a loneliness crisis, uh, particularly with young people and men. Um, as we get older, less and less men are less and like less and less likely to connect with their friends, or they lose friends. People move. People get married. People isolate. And then we had the pandemic, which I think exacerbated all this. Because people were, you know, locked down. Some people got sick. Um, some people, you know, were afraid to get sick. So they never went out anywhere. Or they kind of just stayed at home. People are working from home. Um, all these things um, has only exacerbated. Video games, honestly. I think a lot of men self-isolate because they're addicted to video games. Or or the pornography. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that too. 
Yeah. <laughs> or <laughs> pornographic video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think all this kind of um, is the. I think we talked about this early in the podcast and like the reaction to the progress of women. We talked about more women in college earning advanced degrees and, and bachelor's degrees, uh, the rise of the uh, visibility of the LGBT community and the changing role of men in the society. So, you know, you have a show like The Simpsons, uh, which came out in the 80s and like Homer Simpson is a breadwinner and they have a house and they have three kids and like Marge, Rich, she's a housewife and, and Homer can support an entire family. Three kids and a wife, um, off in salary, working at the power plant. <laughs> and those days are all but gone. I mean, our minimum wage has not risen since 2009 when fucking, you know, with 2008, I think, when Bush was president. So when George W. Bush was president was the last time they raised the minimum wage. And it's $7.25 an hour. So you can do the math, how much money you have to work just to afford an apartment. So it's not no longer like the And then one thing that's changed since the 80s is a lack of unionization in this country. Uh, the companies and politicians are working hand in hand to ensure that people, less and less people are unionized. And the few unions that are there, um, they've, you know, weakened them so much. And that the, the fact of the matter is, is that we don't have unionization. So you can't uh, sustain a family on a single um, house income. Um, even if you are on a middle class or, or have a middle class job, it's still you're going to need dual breadwinners. And that takes time away from like your kids, especially if you're little kids, because they need a lot of attention, a lot of rearing, um, a lot of watchfulness. And then also this focus on the nuclear family in our society. Um, they just supposed to be the husband, wife and 2.3 children. Um, well, like before, like the 1950s, it was extended families, grandma, grandpa, uncles, aunties. And I think a child needs to be exposed to like multiple perspectives besides their parents. Um, just to get a, a get a sense of the world, because once they become full of functioning adults, it's going to be a world of different perspectives and ideas out there. So why not start them young and like this focus on the nuclear family, which we've been so adhering to, because even like these black manosphere people like the problem is the black family isn't there. Like the black men aren't, you know, the black women are having babies out of wedlock. And like, first off, we need to talk about that real elephant in wood, wood room when it comes to black men. And the like, reason why there is a, a lack of. Um, well, two things. First off, black fathers are more likely than any other group of men to actually like spend time with their children, rear their children, even when they're not within. This is data. Even when they're not married or even if they divorce or broken up with their child's mother, they still are in their children's life more so than other groups of men. So the, the, the absentee father thing is absolute bullshit. Not to say it doesn't happen because it happens, but it happens across every racial group in our society. But one of the things that's taken a lot of men from the community is our fucking outrageous prison laws. Uh, we can thank Jim Crow Joe for that. That's why I call him Jim Crow Joe, because the crime bill was one of the most devastating things to poor, poor men in this country, especially poor black men, but black and brown men. Um, people going to jail for like selling dime bags. They get caught through strike laws. So so that has taken a lot of men off the street. And we got people who are just in jail because they can't afford the bail. They're bond. Like if they got to come up with a hundred thousand dollars or like even a thousand dollars, if they're come from a working class background or they're poor, they're not going to be able to scrounge up a thousand dollars. So they're just sitting in jail waiting on their day in court. And then you have stories like the uh, gentleman in Rackers Island who unfortunately took his life, uh, Khalif Browder. And the only reason that he was sitting in jail is because he just didn't have enough money to get get out. So that's, that's, that's a big challenge. Uh, so, um, when you're talking about kind of like, um, white males and, and, and getting angry, we can talk about the incel community. There's a common presumption that the incel community is 
largely white or white presenting. This has been informed in part by several self-described incels who committed violent acts. This theory was not upended by the broader ethnographic exploration of the incel online spaces uh, that this uh, researcher undertook. Has a majority of YouTube channels and self-described forums supported um, the connotation that a majority of incels are white or white presenting um, and based in North America and Europe. A 2020 poll on uh, incels um, site, however, as nuance to the issues of incels and race and the results indicate that roughly 45% of users, users are non-white ethnicities. However, majority respondents they identify a white or Caucasian. The remaining 45% uh, equally divided amongst a range of ethnic and racial groups, including black, Latino, Asian, Indian, Middle East, or ticked um, other or not sure option. So the incel community isn't just like white guys getting angry because like has a black dude I can speak. There are black dudes who are in this mental spear field and spewing the same bullshit just tinted with like racial connotations on it but it's the same it's the same old shit women are to blame whether it's like you know that hot girl at school didn't go on a date with you like you know it's our fault that everything sucks <laughs> really it's the country that's failing us and our society that's failing us but th this is doing it but it's um and these these online communities are preying on that so you have um more women going to college you have the visible lgbt community um, and then you have like the, the passage of gay marriage and this kind of breadwood breadwinner model is completely outdated because nowadays you can't live off that. And last but not least, you have um, and in this in this absence of these things and these changing, um, you have these folks who double down on their so-called ideal gender roles and this ideal alpha male. And like I said, the only time you should use alpha male is if you're like a pro wrestler or some shit like that. And that's your part of your gimmick. But besides that, if you're calling yourself alpha male, like you're, you're a moron. Um, and also the person who developed that theory in, in wolves, it was developed out of, um, it was developed out of a study of wolves in captivity. And they, you know, saw a dominant male running things and a dominant female running things. Uh, but in the wild, those so-called alpha males and females actually were like the most selfless of the pack because they had to take care of everybody to make sure that the entire pack was healthy. So they care for the sick wolves. They care for all the pups. Um, they help fight off, um, you know, predators if one of the other wolves were, was hurt or injured to, until they got back to health. So they were really kind of like selfless. So it was really like they were taking care of the whole entire pack and not just like bullying everybody. <laughs> and even the alpha males would be playing with their little babies and like let the babies win them, beat them in like wrestling contests. So when the wolves would be behaving very different in captivity, Versus in their natural habitat, which is the wild. So even that scientist who came up with the whole idea of alpha male is like, I was wrong. It was a skewed study. Um, and yeah, pretty that's much not had to spend the rest of his career trying to debunk uh, it. like disproving. Yeah, exactly. But these right wingers are taking on that terminology and like made it their own. Where it's like, yeah, it's a man that's dominant and strong, and he has lots of guns and lots of money and lots of women, and, and he has a big house and blah 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 blah, and he takes care of his family. And it's like, well. These asshole right-wingers, politicians, along with the so-called liberal politicians, are fucking not... They're they're working at the state, local, and federal levels to ensure that no one gets paid shit. And these corporations are, you know, lobbying them to make sure that they don't pay people shit and prevent you from unionizing. Uh, but we can talk about toxic masculinity because this always comes up in these um, mental spear spaces that they're spewing toxic masculinity. Um, and the thing about toxic masculinity, it doesn't also only harm women. It's also seriously detrimental to men themselves. Upholding traditional man masculinity causes men to have 
weaker friendships, be longer, die by suicide, die by suicide at 3.5 times more often than women. Men are less likely than women to attend college and are more likely to die in the workplace. Men are not free to are not free to dress how they like, kiss whomever they want, and enter caring professions with their head held high. So I talked about that these professions that are helping professions, how certain men in these professions or men in these professions are looked at, like, oh, you must be gay and all that stuff. And first off, there's nothing wrong with being gay, and being gay doesn't make you less of a man. That's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm just put that out there. Um, Do you know anything? I, I honestly don't know the statistics about it, but just like anecdotally growing up, it seemed like it was harder for men to come out of the closet and be gay than women. Do you know, are there any stats about that? I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm pretty sure they, they are, are, but I don't know what they are. I just think, well, for, I think two things in our society. I think it's this weird sexualization of lesbians. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, like if, mm-hmm. if someone's a lesbian, yep. they probably yep. aren't interested in men. So like, they're not going to be like kissing up and hooking up with another girl because like they're trying to get the attention of men. That's who they like. <laughs> um, and obviously um, people who are, you know, lesbian and gay men or lesbian women, um, probably have had sex with the opposite sex um, just because sexuality is a spectrum. You might people who have pansexual or bi- bisexual. But I think the ideal of being a, a gay man, although you think like the most like super manly spirit, the super manly man would be like, you know, men who don't even want to associate with women. <laughs> but, you know, that's right. Right. But that's yeah. but no, no, you can't be gay, though. Like, yeah. Wouldn't know. only being with men be the most ultimate masculine? I know. That's weird. Like, wouldn't we be like the Spartans then? Because like they fought so hard because they were all fucking each other and they were lovers <laughs> and their wives were yeah, just for procreation. Yeah. So that's the truth about 300 that they didn't show in the movie. Um, but the real 300, that's why they fought so hard. Um, and also some of those lovers were little boys. So um, but we're going to digress on that point. Um, I don't know. But I think the thing is, as far as like just being a, a straight dude in society, um, being gay is kind of like the antithesis of being like a, a straight dude. Because like as a straight dude, you're supposed to like be able to get any woman you want to. And like the alpha male, or like the so-called alpha male types, you know, they get all these girls and, they, you know, they, they, they're big and strong and they get all the girls and everybody likes them. And, and like that, that's a real man. And like, you know, having sex with another man is the opposite. You're supposed to want to not you supposed to want to plow through every single woman. And look here, like I said, if you want to be a hoe out there in these streets, man, woman, non-binary, you go ahead and do that. Protect yourself. Be honest. <laughs> get tested. That's all. Like, by all free. I'm not slut-shaming anybody. Go ahead and do your thing. But this whole idea that, like, that's what every man should be like is absolutely ridiculous. There are some men who are like, look, they're gay. They like other dudes, and that's who they like. There's some men who are bisexual or pansexual. Like the uh, famous comedian Rain Brady just came out. Um, and said that he's pansexual, which means he is attracted to all genders and gender presenting people. And he, he just likes people just because he likes people. So he'll be romantic with anybody, according to like what pansexuality is. Um, but there's bisexual men um, and there's like heterosexual men. And, and like all those are fine. And like the idea that you need a bunch of girls to like prove your manliness is just ridiculous. So like if you want to be on these streets, you go ahead. But if like, you just like, look, I just want my partner and it's me and her and it gets the world or me and him. That's fine. Like, do you? Everybody's different and we shouldn't be kind of putting everybody in boxes. And you can have polyamorous relationships or just like monogamous relationships. Those are all available to you. I think part of the reason that homophobia and transphobia are so pervasive in the society is because this idea of like 
a singular strong man feeds into it upholds the patriarchy it upholds religion you know we're like our father god you know and then it upholds capitalism ultimately because capitalism is is a you know it's a king system it's based on having a few people lording over everybody else so anything that ingrains that kind of ideology in society is approved of by you know those with power and those with money and anything like being gay that seems to fly in the face of that power structure is attacked endlessly yeah and, and the crazy thing is like and i'm gonna i'm gonna get on that guy's case because um, like i i can get on it but uh i remember back in niu um there i had a, it was a, a classmate of mine who was playing the dorms and like he was a gay guy and one night he was drunk and he made a pass at me and i think he thought i was like gonna react violently because he like once he said something he just kind of like caught himself and i was like it's cool dude like <laughs> i'm like i'm like i, I was kind of like oh man i'm like it's probably happened before and like somebody some guy punched him just for flirt with him and i'm like don't be an asshole like that like that makes you an asshole like if a guy hits on you and you're not into guys like just take it be flattered and be like hey you know because first off men don't even get compliments like no one walks around and be like oh man nice haircut and stuff like that so so really so let alone another guy hitting on you be like hey man what's up just be like look i'm not you know i don't play for that team i'm you know but you know thank you but I'm, I'm good. And, and and move on with your day. Um, yeah, but there, there are some times where guys are like violently reacting towards some guy hitting on them. Uh, don't be that. Don't do not do that. Um, and like also don't walk around telling women to smile either. Like they're not there to like smile. Like, and then if you, if just imagine you walk around all day and you had a shitty day and some asshole comes on, hey, why don't you smile, buddy? Like you don't know them. You don't know who they are. Like how'd you feel? Like you saw, in any way, we would think someone walking around smiling like for nothing would be weird as shit. Here's why people are afraid of clowns. <laughs> that's that's like Ron DeSantis keeps trying to yes. have a human smile and yes, he just can't do it. He's fucking Homelander for real. Like that guy is fucking yeah. has home. He's Homelander. Like a, if he had superpowers, he'd be murking people with his laser eyes all the fucking time. Uh, that's a dude who's a psycho. So like, yeah, like, so yeah. So don't tell random women to like fucking smile. If you're a guy on the street, don't catcall a lady. And I can tell you. So these incel types and these um, man of spirit types will never tell you this. But catcalling has never worked a day in the, in the history. And if there is, I want someone to, to reach out to us and tell me a time that it worked. And I need to be confirmed. I need to see your partner. And she needs to tell me or they need to tell me, hey, he catcalled me, but I really liked it. And that's how I get. And that's how we got together. Uh, it doesn't work. You know, that doesn't mean that you can't approach anybody or talk to them and things like that. And I think another thing is, like, um, these a lot of these young guys, they, they lack positive male role models. Um, there's no male rites of passage. There's no, like, in ancient societies, it was like you would go from, like, boyhood to manhood and these different passages. It's like you go from lady, little girl to, like, womanhood. And the only type of rites of passage nowadays is going to, like, a military. And the like, someone who served in the military... It's a super conservative, patriarchal, and sexist institution. Um, it's based off imperialism. The military isn't there to protect the United States from like enemies, foreign or domestic. I mean, they tell you that's what it is, but it's not. We are there to expand the empire and maintain the empire and, and take resources from other countries um, by force. Um, that's why we had this proxy war with Ukraine. <laughs> that's what the military is used for. It's not used to protect our borders from belligerent nations it's to expand the empire and also the military industry is a hustle they got fucking tanks and planes that they're building that are just going to sit and like fucking collect dust 
Because who are we preparing to fight? The fucking aliens? Does the government know something we don't know? Are there aliens that are coming to attack us? Because that would be the only reason to build this fucking massive military we have on Earth. Um, but, but it's to fight each other. And it's only for over-resources. They're all going to fucking... And with climate change, it's going to kill us all. So, so, so then we'll realize, like, maybe we shouldn't spend all that money on the military. Maybe we should have fucking did something about this climate change. Instead of building bonds to blow each other up. So... I think we need the, the, the rights of passage. In ancient societies, young men had clear rights of passages. Some societies around the world still, for better or for worse, carry out these rights of passage. In American society, the rights of passage aren't clear or well-defined. Since that's the case, it's up to society to create new rights of passages for young men. I joined the Navy at the tender age of 17, and for better or for worse, um, that was my rite of passage. Um, what good I learned from my years as a sailor was camaraderie, hard work, and a, a thirst for travel. However, and I, this is my own quote, there were a lot of problematic issues when it comes to toxic masculinity in armed forces um, because there is a high number of people, especially women, but also some men who have experienced military sexual um, trauma, which means they were harassed or, or even sexually assaulted by one of their fellow um, soldiers, sailors, or Marines. And it's a culture that fosters very, very patriarchal archetypal uh, masculinity. Like you have to be strong, you have to be silent. And we got a lot of men who are veterans who don't get help because they went to war um, and saw things. And if you're a psychopath, unless you're a psychopath, these things will affect you. Um, but you don't get help because as a man, you're taught to like be strong and, and take it, you know, just take it like a man and just bottle it all up and to the point where it boils over. And it destroys your family. It destroys your life. You can't work. You can't do anything. You can't. You can't even enjoy life. You can't even do your hobbies. You're just consumed by you know whatever um, mental health problems bothering you, and you're not getting help because like if I get help, I'll be seen as weak. And you know if you bottle up so long, you're gonna, gonna lash out and commit a violent act against a lot of groups of people, or like your spouse or kids, or you're gonna take your own life. And if you are suffering from mental health issues, as a man. It doesn't make you weak to get help. Um, in fact, that's one of the strongest things you can do is to get help. And I talk about it on my Evolving Man Project uh, podcast about um, my own struggles with mental health, um, being raised in a foster care system and also being in the armed services, um, being in the theater of war. Um, so things happen in my life, you know, and I can't change it. That's just what I experienced in life. But um, luckily for me, I was a social worker and, and realized that I had to like I can't just help people as a social worker, but I, I need help to myself. So there's nothing weak about um, asking for help if you're a man. Um, and in fact, it's a sign of strength. So being vulnerable shows that you can be strong because you're, you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable um, and asking for help. And, and sometimes um, we all need help. This whole idea of the self-made man, which is built into the construct of capitalism, is bullshit. <laughs> Elon Musk had rich parents. That's how he's rich. Just like Mark Zuckerberg, just like Bill Gates, <laughs> just like Warren Buffett. They didn't like they didn't come out the womb and like, I'm a billionaire now <laughs> from nothing. <laughs> no, they had a lot of privilege and a lot of enriched parents. That's how they made it. It wasn't, the, you know, they did not buy cups of coffee from Starbucks every day. You know, Brian, you know, those cups of coffee are preventing you from being a billionaire. You know that, right? <laughs> That's why you'll never <laughs> be Jeff Bezos. The goddamn Starbucks. Yep, the coffee and the avocado toast, and the I don't know what else do they blame it on? 
<laughs> what else do they blame poverty wages on? Yeah, yeah. Not, it's not the fact that these companies aren't, aren't aren't paying people shit. Even the people at Starbucks who are making your frappuccino this six dollars, um, but the wages. So let's kind of get into some solutions that we can do to kind of um, perhaps weaken these manosphere. I think one thing is definitely we should, you know, look at the the situation of uh, men in this country, um, uh, and what we these solutions will kind of. Um, Help. So one of the first things we talked about earlier was um, universal health care, because that means you have access to free uh, mental health professionals. Um, but if you can't afford to, like, see a psychologist or therapist for like 50 to 60, 70, 80, 100, 100 plus dollars an hour, you're not going to seek out that help. But if we had universal health care, those those professionals would be able to get paid in their field because with other countries, they have universal health care and doctors and and psychologists make a living and can take care of themselves and their family. So we can do that here, but, you know, we choose not to. Also free public college universities and trade schools. Um, Cause really, I mean that, that it's impossible to have a society, a healthy society if people are constantly being cut down before they get started. Yep. And it, it it's, you know, you, you can't spa day your way out of being in poverty. You, <laughs> you mean know, self-care like, won't save being, us, it, Brian? Right, right, <laughs> right. Like, it's statistically proven that people who live in poverty, you know, have worse mental health outcomes. And it's because if you're living under this constant pressure of worrying about meeting your basic needs, you're not going to be able to, you know, do things that, that bring light to your life. Um, so having free public college, university, trade schools, all that stuff would go a long way along with the universal health. And I know the libertarians and conservatives are like, how are you going to pay for that? Well, one thing we can do that we can pay for it is cut back on the defense budget, which is almost eight hundred and like forty billion dollars. And it's even more money under fucking Biden than it was under Trump. And Trump had a ridiculous military budget. So it's just it goes up. We're not even talking about the FBI, CIA and NSA. And what those budgets are. So if we really look at our defense budget and spy agencies, we're talking about two to three trillion dollars being spent on these agencies and the military. And as someone who was a veteran, that money was not going to my fucking pocket. And it's damn sure not going to the VA since they have high turnover rates. Um, it's going to like weapons contractors and defense contractors and fucking, you know, people making you know, useless shit uh, for the military to buy. And then also money laundering schemes and shit like that, because. I think they audited like uh, the, the the Pentagon every few years, and they're like, we don't know where all these hundreds of billions of dollars that went. So I'm like, why no one going to jail? Trillions of dollars. Yeah, trillions of dollars. So Brian, if me and you like our job, just like we embezzle some money, even if like it was a hundred thousand dollars, not only would we go to jail f- for like life, they'd throw the book at us. We would never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. They'll build a jail on top of us. Yeah. But like the fucking Pentagon, just like trillions of dollars, we don't know where it went. Oh, well, well, we need more money. Okay. And that's where your tax dollars are going. So these libertarian types, that's why we get on these fuckers all the time. Uh, oh, libertarian, any taxes, it's, it's oppression. They've never seem to complain about the military and police where our money goes to. That's taking all your tax revenue. You know, taxes are supposed to, like, be, you know, you pay taxes out your check, and it goes back to society to, like, help it. So free health, universal health care could be paid for by tax money. Free college and trade school because... Look, even if I don't have children, I don't have children. I still want other people's children to succeed, so I want them to get a quality education. If they don't want to go to college, they don't got to go to college. But if they want to go to trade school, become a mechanic, electrician, a construction worker, a nurse, by all means, 
they should be able to go. And they shouldn't have to go into fucking massive amounts of debt like I did to get that degree or get that trade certification. Um, unionizing think, and higher wages. I think wages. it's also... Oh, go ahead. Now, I was just going to say that's another solution, unionizing and higher wages. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Honestly, universal health care and unionization is a solution to pretty much every problem we have. Um, but I was also going to say we kind of touched on our last episode with walkable cities. I think we need more social spaces where people aren't required to spend money, where men and women can get together to enjoy themselves. Someone pointed out that libraries are like one of the last bastions in the society where you can go there and you're not expected to spend money. And I think there's a lot, you know, like men go out to bars together all the time. And I think it's because it's like one of the only places where you can just like sit and just be and socialize. And I think because we live in this capitalist hellscape where like everywhere you go, you got to spend money. Like, what are you doing if you're not spending money? I think we like need to fundamentally restructure our society so we have places where we can be social together and just be without having to spend money. Um, Because I think, you know, Lornette brought up incels. Like, I think that I think there's a lot of problems that could be solved, especially with mental health, if people could just be together and just chill, yeah. you know? And capitalism creates this competition idea. So in the incel community, it's like, you know, the chads are getting all the hot girls and and, and the hot girls don't want to, like, date anybody who's, like, a so-called beta male or anything like that. And it's absolute bullshit. Um, but a lot of those guys are just, like, lonely fucking guys. And they can get radicalized, radicalized in those incel communities and be like, oh, the black people are the problem or the gay people are the problem or the women are the problem. And then we see that these um, radicalized young men end up going to hurt people um, not all the time but it happens and since we have a mass shooting every freaking week in this country uh, every single day in this country um, it's happening at an alarmingly high rate you have high mental mental distress isolation and you, you have these people who are predators uh, preying on these folks in these uh, online communities and spaces so yeah i think if people were a little less lonely um, and had access to mental health um faculties and 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 professionals um they because they can't afford some some of them can't afford it then yeah a lot of our issues would be resolved um um, so definitely a restructuring of our entire economy is is definitely necessary um and unionization of higher wages uh, trade should be paid more because there's no such thing as low skilled or no skilled labor even if you're working at mcdonald's or you're like fucking building a fucking rocket ship it takes some skills to do those things. Uh, cooking food is not easy. If that was the case, then everybody would be a fucking chef. Um, and people are not. Some people can't even make a bowl of cereal. So it takes some skill. Um, and lastly, um, another thing is in the war on drugs. I talked about the um, crime bill in 1994. Uh, that devastated black and brown communities, uh, locking people up for nonviolent offenses. Offenses. I know people watch these cop shows and the propaganda shows and like, you know, all these people on the shows are murderers and, and rapists and criminals and like the worst of the worst. And in reality, most people are in jail because they're poor or they were addicted to drugs because of mental health issues. Because they have PTSD, they saw something, they you know experienced sexual abuse or some type of trauma happened in their lives and they're trying to get escape from reality. And a downward spiral happens because they don't have a social safety net. Because we don't have a social safety net in this country. Um, if you don't have a, a, a family that can look out for you. And even if you can, um, if you burn a lot of bridges, your family won't want you around. So it's a, it becomes more of a downward spiral. So the war on in the war on drugs, uh, we're criminalizing drugs and, and make it instead of making it a criminal issue, make it a, a, a public health issue. 
Um, and one country that did successfully do that. Same. same. I'll go ahead. I was just going to say, same thing with homelessness in this country. Like, instead of criminalizing it, we need to do things to actually solve the problems. Because talk about, like, isolation, mental health problems. Like, that homelessness is a huge, you know, contributor to those problems. Yeah, and, like, the fact of the matter is, you know who have a lot of houses that are just sitting there collecting dust? Rich people. Like, why the fuck do you need, like, two or three fucking houses? Why do you need four or five houses? Why do you need apartments and condos and shit? Why might be there for one time out the year for, like, one week a year? Like, that's fucking bullshit and have all my stuff in there and it's like well you know if you assholes are going to have that we should tax those motherfuckers even more for that every extra home they have we should charge more taxes because obviously they can afford it they have multiple like condos in the states and then we can use that money that we tax them for and like build low income and free housing for homeless individuals and provide them counseling and other mental health services so they can you know get back on their feet and like you know live an enjoyable peaceful life because so, since the people are, how are you going to pay for that, Lord A.D. Brian? It's, it's socialism. We don't do socialism here in America. Well, we can pay for it by taxing the fucking rich and cutting the military to industry by a lot. And I'm saying this as a vet, veteran for peace. Um, the military industrial complex is the albatross around the whole entire United States. And the war on drugs is just an extension of the military industrial complex because we've given the police even more military grade weapons. According to keep drugs off our street. And you know who's knowing all the fuck cocaine? Those fuckers in goddamn D.C. <laughs> Just imagine, Brian, every dollar bill that you've ever touched has probably been in the crack of a stripper or someone snowed cocaine with it. <laughs> it probably did the same thing in the same night. <laughs> Stuck it in the G-string after snorting some cocaine with it. So just know that every dollar bill you touch has probably been snorted with cocaine. <laughs> Or Molly, <laughs> or been in the strippers' ass crack. <laughs> and nothing wrong to the strippers out there. Shout out to you. Shout out to my sex workers. Hey, sex workers work. You gotta do your thing, um, especially in this capitalist hellscape. Um, another thing, when we talk about um, men and boys, uh, the Me Too movement, we had a lot of these reactionary folks in the Me Too movement uh, against the Me Too movement being like, well, I can't even say hello to a woman anymore. And it's like, as a guy. And it's like, no, it's not like. They're not going to be like, oh, my God, he said hello. He's raping me. No, just, no, no. It's just his parents and as a society, we should teach um, boys and, and teen, teen, teenage boys and, and little boys age-appropriate um, ways about consent. Um, so if I had a little daughter and some little boy was, like, hitting her and picking on her, I would be like, oh, that little boy must like you because he's being a bully towards you. No, that little kid is an asshole. And, like, I want to talk to that kid's parent and be like, hey, teach your kids some fucking manners. Um, cause I'm gonna tell my daughter to fucking slap him <laughs> and then the fight will happen. So no, that, 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 that's not like, no little girls, like if some little boy is hitting you and picking on you, he doesn't like you. He's just being an asshole. That's called a bully. I think we need to tell religious folks too to fuck off and have some actual sex education in this country, at least personally for me. And I sure a lot of people like our, the sex education in this country is just I don't know, just extremely not where it needs to be. And I think if we, especially from a younger, you know, age appropriate, obviously, but I would say younger, like, I don't, I don't see the big deal. Like, I think teaching children about proper, you know, sex education is a good thing. For one, it helps people, it helps kids who are in bad situations where they're being molested and taken advantage of. It helps them to know that they're, that's wrong and that they need to talk to somebody. And, Also, I think it's good for, you know, 
I always see like funny videos where like female comedians will like go on the street and ask men about like female anatomy or I don't know just different things and like we as men are like so ignorant to so much shit about that like women go through and how their bodies work and stuff and I think if we you know like Lornette said we're given a better education about consent about what's okay about just knowing about each other's bodies and what we go through and how they work I think that would be so advantageous and and help help us be connected and understand each other better and not have this, I don't know, sometimes it seems like a canyon between, like, men and women, and it really doesn't need to be that way. Exactly. Uh, probably those religious people, because they're priests and shit, uh, don't want um, sex education, exactly. age-appropriate sexual education, because then the, the little kids could be like, you're touching me, you're being, you're violating my personal space, and you need to be, you know, you need to get in trouble for it. So that's probably why they're all like, no, we don't need exactly. to teach them sex Cler- education. Clergy and cops. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't, we don't need to like, yeah, clergy and cops. We don't need to like teach them that they're, you know, their personal boundaries are being violated. Um, so nope, it's the devil. They're going to all start having sex. All right, look, that's how we all got here. Somebody had to fuck and that sperm cell fertilized the egg. And here you go as a person you made the, you, you passed the first test in life. You, you were the sperm that made it. <laughs> To fertilize your mom's egg. Your dad's sperm fertilized your mom's egg, and therefore you're born here. So celebration for that. But um, the fact that we don't teach uh, sex education, and also um, we could wait for schools and um, or institutions to do it. But as parents, I mean, it's amazing how many parents don't like talk about their talk to their kids about sex. And I'm saying like you should you sit down your seven year old and talking about gangbangs and shit like that. Like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like age appropriate, like you, you know what age appropriate is. So like you know you can, you know as they get older you can have more conversations. And sometimes they might ask you some uncomfortable things. But like your little children are going to be you know one day hopefully adults and they'll be functioning in the world. So like give them you know talk to them about sex. Yeah, my mom was you know she was a little she was a little vulgar when we were younger, but she was like no glove no love. <laughs> And I don't, and for the, because of that reason, I don't have a bunch of stray babies around the United States, <laughs> across the globe. <laughs> I don't think Bernita would be with me if I did, and somebody knocking on my door every week. Learn it. <laughs> this is your son. Oh, shit. This is your daughter. Oh, shit. When do we? Oh, oh man. Damn. All right. All right. Because <laughs> I wrapped it up, B. <laughs> Practice safe sex. All right. That's why we need sex education. All right. The pullout method is not effective, fellas. Um, and then also another solution is, like, I personally think we should just start breaking down all these fucking gender roles and just let people be who they want to be. Let them have the interests that they're interested in and that there's being feminine and masculine can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. And that's the, that's the other thing that's always, I don't know, like, anytime you bring up, like, it's okay for men to be vulnerable I don't know, like, dudes will attack you, like, oh, then you'll just be, like, a, you know, a sobby little bitch, and it's, like... A soy boy. I'm not saying, like, <laughs> you, yeah, right, exactly, and it's it's not, like, you don't always have to be that way, but maybe let yourself be vulnerable once in a while. Like, I do think it is important, like, when you have a group or a, or a couple or something or a pair, you know, it is important to have the person you know, who kind of is a little more stoic and, and kind of level-headed. And, and maybe if, you know, there is a scary situation, they, they suppress that a little more so that they, you know, give the other people a little bit of comfort. Like, those are good things, but it's okay to be vulnerable once in a while and and express your emotions, you know, once in a while. Like, it's, and you don't, and it's up to you where on that spectrum you want to be and how much you want to do that, but we should let 
each person make that decision for themselves and not expect a certain level of it based on, you know, if they, if they have a dick or whatever. Yeah, like the whole, like, bottling up your emotions and stuff like that. And, like, I know that this is taught in the military. I mean, they're the VA is doing better of, um, you know, kind of preaching the need to, like, seek mental um, health um, mental health services. But I think the culture um, just in the military and then the larger society towards men is, like, bottle it up man up and like this is the thing and even like i, I went down to reddit thread as i was talking earlier and then you know the, the, the besides male patent baldness um it was a, a really interesting part of that thread where like men were talking about like crying or showing emotions and they were talking about like some guys talked about how their moms and dads when they were little kids were like you're being a pussy you're not you, you know you're a boy you're not supposed to cry and it's like or like when they were in relationships, like with women, they were like one guy was like my my dog died, like you know, and like I have I'm a pet owner, um, and I'm like you know if something happened to these dogs, even though they get on my nerves half the time because <laughs> they're always destroying shit or doing shit they're not supposed to do, I'd be fucking sad. And like you know, and like some guys in this thread was like, yeah, my girlfriend like was said that she broke up with me because she saw me crying, like and like my my mom had died, like your fucking mom died, like. You're a human being. Like, we're human beings. Like, men are not, like, machines. It's like, you know, women are baby-making factories, and, like, men are not just stoic machines where we have no emotions. It's all, it's all. We're human beings. It's what's part of the human experience. So, like, um, this is the problem with our society, that, you know, other men police other men, women police men, and this is how men are supposed to behave. And it's like, you're not supposed to be a hot and mess all the time, crying all the time. And, you know, if that's the case, then obviously you need mental health services and, and you know, to get you out of your depression or funk and you know um but you know something happens to you that's or you're just moved by a movie like it's it, it was beautiful or like you just connected with you some way you're gonna cry but like these guys in this thread was like yeah you know i saw a beautiful movie and i i cried at the end and my my wife or girlfriend saw me and she talked shit about me and we ended up breaking up because she said i wasn't a man and then i saw like on uh, this video on youtube i don't mean on um, instagram and like they were talking to like to young girls, they're probably like college age. Like, what's an ick for you when it comes to a man? And like, one lady was like, when they put on their blinker when they're driving, when they merge lanes. So I'm like, safety is like ill for you. So like, you rather be die in a car accident because <laughs> if your man puts on his blinker to merge lanes, like he's not a man anymore. Like what? <laughs> There's a whole TikTok channel of a dude who like collects those videos and then makes a list of men, things men aren't supposed to do because they're ick. And it is so, and that's. That does go to show everything we've talked about on this podcast, society as a whole perpetuates this thing. So it's, it, it is men with other men, but it's also women with men. And some of the things that on the list are like, so it's like, oh, if he like is walking and like has sheets of paper and one like flies away and he chases yeah, after like, what that, the that's fuck? like ick. And it's like, just like yeah, maybe that's a fucking important like, piece of paper. Like what the, that might be a check or yeah, some shit. What the fuck? Or like just some important document. So like, oh, he goes chase after it. It's ick. What? Like. Or like wearing like it's like wearing sandals. Like if you're a guy and you wear open toe sandals, like you obviously must be gay. And like your feet make you gay. Maybe it's fucking hot. And um, you know who also wore sandals? Jesus. And that guy's always on the cross <laughs> with a six pack. So I'm just saying, Jesus was ripped. CrossFit Jesus, bro. <laughs> so like, what's wrong with that? Like all you religious people love Jesus, but like he wore sandals. That it was Jesus gay then? I guess. I mean, he did hang out with twelve dudes. But according to the Da the, the Vinci Code, he was banging uh, Mary Magdalene. So <laughs> maybe he was banging everybody. Maybe Jesus was about free love. Maybe Jesus yeah, was maybe pansexual. Yeah, maybe banging the 12 apostles or whatever. Yeah, maybe, yeah. They, maybe they all were lovers. Maybe Jesus 
was pansexual and Jesus is getting his freak on. Hallelujah. Amen. Or or maybe Jesus didn't exist at all. <gasps> no! But, uh, <laughs> Check out our um, religious ed- episode. <laughs> I, I, do, I do think also, too, it's important, and this is true for men or women, but, like, I think a lot of time it's a lot easier to spot the flaws in other people than in yourself and to point problems out at the world. And a lot of times it's projection, you know, like what the problems you see with the world are actually problems with yourself that you're not addressing. So I think it is important to just like work on yourself, you know, like instead of being so like when you find yourself being angry about the world, work on improving your immediate conditions, work on your own mental health, work on your own physical health, work on your diet. I mean, the more we're learning about like the brain stomach connection, like it's so important, you know, we live, we live in a society with poisonous food. So it's important to, you know, I think it's just important to to work on yourself. There's that, that old, uh, it's an old like cheesy saying that like, if you want to like, you know, if you want a butterfly, don't chase it, grow a garden, you know? And it's, it's true as far as just like, I think there's lots of, especially me, like growing up, I wish I could go back to my teenage self. I was so worried about what other people thought and like, trying to get girls to like me i need to do this and do this and it's like just like work on yourself and if you're a good person good people will start you know hanging out with you <laughs> yeah no and I, yeah I, I i always wish um before we go to our quotes that too i wish i could go back and talk to my younger self because like you said brian when i was younger teenage years definitely teenage years and when i was a young young man um you know cared about what people thought about me you were trying to make people happy and I really wasn't truly being true to myself because I was like, oh, you know, I want this girl to like me. I want you know people to like me. I want to, you know, be like the you know cool guy and all that stuff. And I'm like, you know, I was cool and like to just embrace the fact that some people will like you, some people won't like you, and that's okay. <laughs> like, I hope your parents like you, and like you know, because they got to raise you. But you're, even if your parents don't like you, like you can get grown and you can move away. And like, and if they're being assholes, you know. Be like, all right, well, I'll put you in retirement home. Good luck. <laughs> but um, in all seriousness, I, I do, you know, that's, that is one regret I have in life is that, you know, I, I learned, I get, I had to get older to realize uh, it's lovely not to give a fuck what other people think. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're the guys out there, be you. And like, you know, don't get, and some girls like, oh, you're a nice guy. You don't want to be a nice guy. That's an ick for me. Like, well, whatever. That doesn't, now look here, like, the thing is, like, there was nice guys who were, like, the super creepy dudes who were, like, I'm just being nice because I want this girl to fuck me. Like, that's, nah, attraction isn't a choice, and that's not, like, someone shouldn't have sex with you just because you're nice. Like, there's a difference between being a nice guy and a good dude, being good man. So, like, a nice guy is like, oh, they should fuck me just because I'm nice to them. No, oh, that's just an asshole who's entitled. Like, a good dude is like, look, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to be myself, and if someone likes me, that's great, I like them back, it's good. If they say no, no means no. Or if they're not interested, I move on to the next one. And, like, you know, I handle my business and take care of, you know, my my, my friends, family, my life, and myself. Um, and, you know, and you're, you know, upstanding guy. Like, people will be attracted to you. So I think, you know, confidence is a good thing. And also connecting with your friends. So if you're lonely, um, you know, volunteer, um, animal shelters, uh, homeless shelters. There's different events at your local schools, libraries. You can find out things there. Um, and that's a way to meet people. Um, if you have a hobby, I know I got into improv when I was younger and, um, it was, I met a lot of people that way. And I, I just hung out with a friend from improv in Memphis a few, few weeks ago. Um, so that's, that's a way. And like, you know what? That friend is a woman. Oh my God, <laughs> guys, you can be friends with ladies. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, the whole, like, oh, you have to have sex with them. Like, yeah, you have to have sex with every girl you meet. Like, that's not going to happen anyway. I'm sorry. The only 
maybe that happened to Prince, but you know, we're not all Prince. So, um, and, and I, and I'm sure Prince didn't just have sex with just women. Um, <laughs> uh, even if he was homophobic in the end, I'm like, I totally, no way Prince was completely straight, um, at all. Um, but anyway, even if he wasn't, that's cool. Like do your thing. It doesn't matter. Do you. Um, so let's get into quotes. So I have my quote. Uh, this quote is from me, <laughs> from my from my Evolving Man podcast, one of my blogs. Um, and this is about masculinity. So the beautiful thing is that we can make manhood mean anything we want because there is a variety of men in the world. There are all types of men, black, white, old, young, tall, short. Some men have muscles. Some men are intellectuals. Some men are Christians, Muslims, atheists. Some men are gay, trans, or straight. We can be soldiers, teachers, runway models, social workers, plumbers, or nurses. It is essentially, uh, it's essential to acknowledge that many men are misbehaving and that the boys will be boys or man up ideology limits the real potential of many men. There are countless men in the world doing good and their fathers, husbands, friends, brothers, lovers, teachers, leaders, making the world a better place for both men and women and everybody in between. For the sake of humanity, manhood needs to be redefined. Well said. Um, my quote is short and sweet. It's from Terrence Real from their book, I Don't Want to Talk About It. Um, and it's uh, men who do not turn to face their own pain are too often prone to afflict it on others. So I think we have these societal issues where we have, you know, we as men need to work on ourselves. And then we also need to work on being more accepting of each other. Both men and women need to kind of just work on being more accepting of each other and being just being just being good to each other, really, at the end of the day. But um, we, Lornette and I, want to thank you all for listening. Um, please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Q Culture. That's Q-U-E Culture. Uh, there we share the links to the information we talk about on the podcast. You can also visit Lornette's blog, The Evolving Man Project, where he's discussed this topic quite a bit, as well as other topics from Question Culture. Um, and if you enjoy the podcast, please give us a like or a review. Um, we don't have any commercials or do any kind of advertising or anything. So anything you can uh, do to help us get noticed, we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and remember to question everything. Any views or opinions expressed on this podcast belong solely to Brian and Lornette and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that Brian and Lornette may or may not be associated with in any professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.